this time, we ask you to please rise as we welcome to the Octagon Grammy Award-winning artist Everlast for the singing of America the Beautiful. It's your man, The Voice, bringing you the Trackstar Sports MMA main card. Let's start off by recapping UFC 216. President Dana White said that there were going to be 1,500 first responders there in attendance. UFC 216 was the first live sporting event held in Vegas after the fatal shootings you just heard the song america the beautiful sung by everlast who was in tears much of the song as he sang that to the first responders that were there and there were also first responders in the octagon while he sang uh, the people that were there were survivors they had been hit by bullets. You saw some with bandages on their hands and on their necks and things of that nature uh, where they'd been struck by bullets, but they survived and he was there singing it. Now, Dana White initially wanted the national anthem to be sung, but Everlast said, look, that's a very divisive song right now and we need unity. Plus, as he was listening to the song, he was like, man, uh, rockets, red glare and bombs bursting in the air. I don't know if that's really what we need to hear 
right now with the fact that these are people that were there that were under attack that can remember the sound of the the automatic weapons shooting bullets at them they can remember hearing the hum of the bullets coming at them rockets red glare and bombs bursting in there that I, I don't think that that's the best thing is whatever last said and then he gave the song America the Beautiful to Dana was like what about this and Dana was like yes go with it and the thing that really rings the most true or should say really brings everything home is the final stanza and crown thy good with brotherhood these people did good they did the best they could to help with saving lives and what better way to unite the country and to unite everyone around this incident than to speak about crowning good with brotherhood from sea to shining sea man yeah that that's that's touching something else that was touching as a tribute to all of those who had experienced those shootings in Vegas was the fact that a number of Vegas residents were on the card out of all of the fights you had three Vegas residents Brad Tavares Evan Dunham and Kevin Lee who all fought on the card uh, only one of them won which was Brad Tavares however each of them came out with the Nevada state flag Tavares who is a native of Hawaii normally comes out with the Hawaiian flag and he did but he wanted to bring out the Nevada state flag as well as a resident of Nevada currently in of Vegas uh, Evan Dunham did as well and his actually said Vegas strong on the flag and Kevin Lee did also it was great now the voices marquee matchup for the main card it didn't happen Verdun did not get to fight Derek Lewis not happy about that but hey Derek Lewis said he couldn't get out the bed because of a back injury and he said he had a back injury when he fought Mark Hunt as well and he was talking about retiring so I'm not surprised this thing came up I really felt he was coming back too soon anyway and sure enough he was uh, Verdun did fight and he fought Walt Harris, who was scheduled to fight on the undercard against Mark Godbeer. Uh, Verdun did not throw a punch. There was not one punch thrown or landed in the fight. He took him down and tapped him out. And now Verdun is headed to Sydney to fight in place of Mark Hunt. I've heard of love triangles, but I haven't really seen a fight triangle like the one between Verdun the Black Beast, Derek Lewis, and Mark Hunt. Verdun, or I should say, Mark Hunt said that he wanted to fight Verdun. He'd fought him before for the interim heavyweight title in Mexico City and lost to him, wanted to fight him again, and had just beat the Black Beast. Instead of Mark Hunt getting that fight, the Black Beast got that fight. Now, he couldn't perform, his back was hurt, he said, being uh, Derrick Lewis, Black Beast, 
he said after the fight with Hunt that his back was hurting and he was talking about possibly retiring and all of the issues with that. And then he comes to try to fight Verdum and his back goes out again. He couldn't even get out of the bed. His back was so messed up. So it's just, it's interesting. I mean, it makes sense to have Mark Hunt fight in Sydney against Marcin Tabor because they needed a headliner. Who bigger than a native son of Asia Pacific and Mark Hunt, the Super Samoan? So all that made sense. However, Mark Hunt now has been replaced on that card with none other than Fabrizio Verdun. It's crazy. So Mark Hunt went on the Australian version of the Players Tribune and he talked about fighting and all the things that go along with it. He talked about uh, issues with contracts. He talked about issues with pay and he talked about the long-term damages that go along with it now granted i haven't read it i've heard uh stories of those who have read and they said that that specific part of things was much smaller than everything else that he talked about but nevertheless he described that his speech is starting to slur he said that he's having problems with short-term memory and these things are signs of CTE which is a hot button topic right now so the UFC pulled him for medical concerns and he went clean off on Dana White and the UFC he already has a lawsuit against them for his fight against Brock Lesnar at UFC 200 because Brock Lesnar was on steroids and he got a USADA exemption to fight in that fight. So he's already got that lawsuit going on and he said, look, I got another one for you if you all keep playing with me regarding these fights because the UFC told him, hey, we want you to go get checked out. We're concerned. They said, hey, you know what? That's fine. He and his manager agreed to it. They got him checked out cleared everything that the doctor had but i can't fight in my home region what's going on with that so again this is uh crazy it's a crazy crazy fight triangle and time will only tell what the end result of this will be now the voices marquee matchup for the undercard however oh that went much 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 better they won fight of the night as king bobby green and groovy lando venata fought to a draw these men brought it oh my goodness it was such a good back and forth fight uh you had penalties involved you had swings and momentum involved i mean it was it was a great great fight lived up to all the hype that i gave it um and i'm just glad that it did indeed do that i knew they were gonna bring it and they didn't let me down now also ending in a draw on that fight card was evan dunham and benil derriush's fight and that fight if i'm not mistaken kicked off the main card I, i don't remember 
for sure right now, but I think it did. And it was a good fight. It was a really good fight as well. And it was hard to determine who the winner was. So a draw was also uh, apropos for that fight. I came back last Friday because I said I did not do justice to Demetrius Johnson. I came back and I said, this man is the GOAT. He is the best pound for pound fighter that's out right now. The best ever. And just like my predictions for the marquee matchup on the undercard, TJ did not let me down. Oh my goodness. What a performance that he put on against Ray Borg to win a record-breaking 11th consecutive UFC title defense. It was phenomenal. Oh, my goodness, the way that he beat Ray Borg. Oh, anyway. I mean, it's, it's hard to contain myself talking about this fight. There was one point where Ray Borg jumped on his back, which, if you don't know, that is a position of dominance in a fight. If if a fighter is on someone else's back, you're in the dominant position because you can choke them out and win the fight that way. So he was on his back working for a choke and it was kind of scary. It was like, oh, wait, wait a minute. What's going on? Is Ray Borg going to pull off the impossible? Is it is it actually possible that he could win the fight? Man, DJ act like he was a high school student coming home shook the man off his back like a backpack turned around and got in his guard on the ground so not only did he take Borg from being in a dominant position and put him in a uh, a non-dominant position but he did it with ease y'all I mean it was oh, oh it was a thing of beauty it was a thing of beauty and then in the fifth round, he decides to cap things off in style and executed the most phenomenal submission in the history of the game. Never seen anything like it. I, I couldn't even imagine anything like it. it. It put you in the mind of watching the last WEC card when Anthony Pettis pulled off the Showtime kick. It was like, what is this that I'm watching? Is this a movie? Is this? Are you serious right now? Are you really doing this right now? And he did. He calls it the Mighty Bar. What does he call it? It's something crazy. Uh, the Mighty Wiz Slam. I mean, not what Mighty Wiz Slam. Mighty Wiz Bar. DJ, we need a, a better name than that. That's that's terrible. I like to call it the Mighty Slam Bar. That might be just as corny, but I think it sounds a little bit better. E anyway, he grabs Ray Borg from behind, throws him up like he's doing a belly-to-back suplex while Ray Borg is in the air. He jumps up, throws a flying arm bar on him, slams him to the ground, Locks it in the arm bar, twists it, taps him out. Oh my goodness. My goodness. 
If you have not seen it, you need to be a part of the Debate Fuel Facebook group. I put a post on there that's got both of these uh, items in it. I pulled it from Twitter, so you may be able to find it there. But again, you need to be on the Debate Fuel Facebook group for real. If you haven't done it, you're doing yourself a great disservice. Anyway, hats off to DJ. Phenomenal performance. Phenomenal way of getting the record that he so desired and worked hard for and did it in style bravo young man bravo oh and he got performance of the night for that so not only did he get the record and get his title and do something that nobody's ever done before he got fifty thousand dollars to boot that's how you do it now in the main event between Kevin Lee and Tony Ferguson for the interim belt. It was pretty even going into round three. Round one, that was Kevin Lee. He did his thing, ended off the round uh, in Ferguson's guard, raining down ground and pound. Granted, a lot of it wasn't getting through. Ferguson was really defending himself well, but that always looks good in the eyes of judges. Second round, Tony Ferguson was in control. He was lighting them up with his uh, jabs. I mean, he was throwing those jabs like nobody's business and kept catching them, kept catching them, bust up his face, nose all running. I mean, Kevin Lee could not get away from his jab. He had good head movement in the beginning, but um, Ferguson found a way to catch him and he just kept on hitting him. Made Kevin Lee look like a Pez dispenser. Just neck snap back, neck snap back, neck snap back. I thought it was going to be candy all over the octagon floor. Anyway, going to the third round, he's still beating him. He's still getting him. And Tony said, look, I know that scrambling is his most effective weapon. So I'm going to use his most effective weapon against him. They got into uh, a wrestling engage. They got to scrambling. Tony went on his back. And Kevin said, I underestimated his game from the ground. I, I underestimated his game on his back. So Tony's on his back. You know, Kevin thinks, okay, I can, I can work on this. I can, you know, at least score some points by being on top. Next thing you know. Ferguson throws up a triangle, locks it in, pulls his head down, taps him out, new interim champ. And I'm sorry, this is the real belt to me because Connor has only fought at 155 in the UFC one time. One time, and that was last year. And he hasn't fought in the U, well, not just in the UFC, but he hasn't fought and defended the belt ever in his career he didn't defend the featherweight belt he united it against Aldo but he didn't defend it because he wanted to go up and win the uh, lightweight belt so that he could have two belts at one time and he did that and then he ran off to box so he hasn't defended a thing whereas Tony Ferguson that whole 
time has been fighting, taking out the likes of Edson Barboza, taking out former champion uh, RDA, fighting the best of the best, taking out this new up-and-comer, this rising star in Kevin Lee. He's a champion. He's a champion. And he is told kind of, look, defend or vacate. He told the man, lay the belt down and walk away and nobody gets hurt. He pulled some gangster, I'm robbing a bank statements out on Conor McGregor. Nobody move, nobody get hurt. Just lay it down, walk away, and everything will be all right. So he, he's coming after him. He said, I'm the boogeyman, and I'm going to chase you all over the place. Uh, if you go up to 170, I'm going to chase you there. If you drop down to 145, I'm going to chase you there. It doesn't matter where you go. I'm coming after you. The boogeyman is coming after you. And you're going to have to see me. You're going to have to fight me. Yeah. Yeah, Tony Ferguson is doing some big things. And I'm so glad that El Kakui got the belt. It's been rumored that... Tony Ferguson and Conor McGregor could fight before 2018. So they could possibly end up on the 219 card. And let me apologize. I have been calling UFC 218 the year-end card over the past couple episodes. My bad. It's actually 219. 218 is the card in Detroit. That I was right about, but that's not the year-end card. The year-end card is in Vegas. It's 219, and they're saying that Connor and Tony could possibly fight there. Now, at the press conference after the fight, Dana said, hey, that's the fight to make. That is going to be the fight. And he said, all this talk about Nate Diaz is internet hogwash. It's like I never said anything about Nate Diaz. And if you know anything about Dana White, he is, yeah, he lies like a dog. So him saying Nate is not in the discussion is code for Nate. If you want this fight, you need to come down on your price in order to get it done. He played these same games uh, with Eddie Alvarez and Conor McGregor and um, oh, Khabib Nurmagomedov for the fight at um, Madison Square Garden last year always saying something and it's not it he's also the same person that said that Connor and Floyd would never fight he's also the same person that said the UFC was not for sale but if someone came with four billion dollars they'd be willing to talk three months three to six months later WE uh, IMG is the owner so again you gotta know Dana speak and yeah, he's just trying to put the screws to Nate on this one. Closing out a recap of UFC 216. John Moraga also received a performance of the night bonus for his KO of the surging Magomed Bibalotov. Now, Moraga has fought a who's who of fighters in the flyweight division. He's fought Benavidez. He has fought John Dodson. He has challenged the champion, Demetrius Johnson, and lost. 
So he's fought all these people. He said, look, I fought them for pennies. Now it's time for me to get paid. And I definitely understand where he's coming from. The man has been fighting for a while. He wants a pay increase. And I say more power to you now. If you're saying that you need, you should be getting paid big time money. Well, this last fight put Moraga on a two fight win streak. Before that, he had a three fight losing streak. And all the names of the people that I mentioned that he's fought, he's lost to. So, yeah, I mean, every time he takes a true step up in competition, it doesn't work out very well for him. So I don't know how much leverage he's going to have uh, with this, but I wish him the best. Moving on to headlines and hot takes. Paul Felder and Raging Al Iaquinta just signed on the dotted line to fight at UFC 218 in Detroit on the 2nd of December. UFC 26, or I should say UFC on Fox 26 in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Yeah, in the Great White North is going down that card is shaping up really, really nicely. I guess the UFC is trying to give Fox a nice little going away present with this one because you got Robbie Lawler taking on Rafael Dos Anjos. Now, Dos Anjos said this should be for the interim belt since Tyron Woodley is out hurt. And Tyron was like, I'm not trying to hear that. I fought four times since I got the belt, or I should say I fought four times in the past 12 months, one to beat the champion, and then three times in defending the belt. I have fought the number one contenders each time. If you want to fight me, that's fine. You got to get through Robbie to do it. Until then, chill out, chopsticks. And I agree with him. Now, the welterweight champ also has some other endeavors going on. He's always doing something. And one of the things that he's got going on recently, or I should say has going on that starts on Fridays, is a spot with TMZ Sports on their YouTube page. Looking forward to seeing it. I saw some clips uh, yesterday, so I had to check out uh, the St. Louis boy, you know, Ferguson's finest, and, and see how things go. And hopefully... It helps to keep his broadcast career going in a good direction. On the card, the UFC on Fox number 26. You also have Antonio Rogerio Noguera taking on Jerry Cannonier. Tim Elliott is going to be fighting Justin Scoggins. That should be a good, good scrap. I hope this Scoggins can make the way. He has been having issues with making 125. Uh, so hopefully he makes the weight. Uh, if so, that should be a great fight. It'll probably be uh, my marquee matchup. I don't know where it falls right now, whether on the uh, main card or on the undercard. If it's on the undercard, that's probably going to be uh, my marquee matchup. Although I can't say that because you got Chad LaPreeze fighting Galore Buffondo. This man knocks people out by slamming them on their head. And his skills when it comes to striking are phenomenal. You got John McDessey taking on Killer Abel Trujillo. Nordin Taleb will be taking on Sultan 
Aliyev. You got Alessio DiCiricchio facing the Holy War Angel, Oluwale Bangaboshe. Now I just stand up. I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, I cannot be. Uh, <laughs> I can't be unbiased when it comes to my Nigerian fighters. I got to root for them. I'm sorry. And Vito Miranda is also going to be fighting on that card, taking on Julian Marquez. There are more fights that need to be made to fill out the card, but it is stacking up to be a nice, nice parting gift for Fox uh, and leading into the negotiations that we talked about uh, on last week. In Bellator news, James Gallagher is injured. So his arch nemesis, A.J. McKee, is stepping in to take his place in the main event for Bellator 187. He will take on Gallagher's opponent, or I should say the opponent that was scheduled to fight Gallagher, which is Brian Moore. You got Maria Casanova from France fighting Conor McGregor's stablemate, Shanae. I'm sorry, uh, Shanae Kavanaugh. <laughs> it's funny. Shanae Kavanaugh is a national amateur boxing champion. She fought in MMA the day before Conor fought Floyd. And Conor was making his his uh, boxing debut. Uh, both of them from SBG Ireland. Both of them lost. Anyway, uh, also on that card, Baby Slice, Kevin Ferguson Jr. is going to be taking on the undefeated 2-0 Fred Friedman. All right, it's yet another off week as far as MMA is concerned. No main cards, or I should say no fights from the majors. Well, not necessarily. Uh, But anyway, we'll bring you some MMA undercard action this week. Now, like I said, it's not necessarily anything going on from the majors. UFC doesn't have any fights scheduled this week. Bellator doesn't have any main cards scheduled this week they do have a card uh that's gonna take place at the alabama 500 in talladega yeah talladega nights baby uh bellator's got that going on and it's something that they do with monster because monster is a partner and a sponsor of both bellator and uh nascar so they put on some fights and they just grab some guys and put them out there. Guidelines truth is like no names. So this is the reason why it's on the undercard. On Friday, you have LFA taking place. And I'm sorry, the uh, Bellator card at the Alabama 500 is taking place on Friday as well. But what you really need to be looking for is LFA 24 if you're looking for fights. You got WSOF vet Matthew Franku taking on Bellator vet Curtis Curtis Melander. What to really look for is the Mackenzie Dern fight versus Mandy Pope. Mackenzie Dern is a talented, decorated jiu-jitsu player. Hasn't been doing that well in jiu-jitsu as of late, but she's got all the um, the makings of a great ground game and has done well as far as MMA is concerned so far. She's had three fights, all three victories. She started off in the strawweight division, and her last fight she could not make 
straw weight. So she's making her featherweight debut. I'm sorry, not featherweight, but flyweight debut on tomorrow. She made the weight. Everything is good. So we'll see how things go with that. But yeah, she's uh, she's one to look out for. Now, speaking of female fighters, Alpha Cat Zingano, one of my favorite fighters, is now a commentator for LFA. So I will definitely be tuning in to LFA every time they have something going on because I love Cat Zingano. Also taking place on Friday, you've got uh, Nikita Krylov, and I believe this is his first fight since leaving the UFC. He's going to be taking on former Bellator light heavyweight champion Emmanuel Newton, and that's on Fight Nights Global. Uh, baby monster Valder Arujo, who's out of the um, ATT camp and also a tough alum, will be on this card as well. On Saturday, Cage Warriors is going to be taking place. And this one is in Newcastle, England, if I'm not mistaken. I have no idea who's on this card. I don't know that I've seen anyone fight on this card. I know Matt Inman is on the card. His name sounds familiar, but I went through looking at his fights and uh, yeah, I don't remember uh, any of them. For some reason, I thought he may have been a UFC vet uh, that was cut, but either way it goes, hey, Cage Warriors puts on really, really good shows, so I'm looking forward to logging in the fight pass and watching those fights on Saturday afternoon. To keep up with all things Trackstar Sports, like the Trackstar Sports Facebook page. I already talked about the Debate Fuel Facebook group, so if you're not joining, yeah, you're missing out. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Debate Fuel. New content gets released every single day, except for Sunday, on anchor.fm forward slash Trackstar Sports. Also, subscribe to our podcast on Apple and Google Play. Until next time, it's your man, The Voice, Trackstar Sports MMA correspondent, sounding off. Yeah.